it's Kelly, and this is Candid Conversations on Hawaii by CTL. On today's episode, we're listening in on John Leong and Olivia Stotzer as they talk story about lessons learned while living away from home and hopes for a sustainable future for Hawaii. John Leong is one of the founders and CEO of Pono Pacific, a conservation and land management services company, and Kupu, a nonprofit organization focused on developing the next generation of environmental stewards. She was like, oh, so what do you guys do for electricity and all of that? And I said, well, we have a few stationary bikes that are hooked up to uh, our electrical plant, and we just all take turns biking, you know, <laughs> and then so when you know, that's how you get your exercise and you get your electricity at the same time, too. She said, oh. <laughs> John has received many awards, including being selected as a 2019 Obama Foundation Fellow for his outstanding community-minded leadership, Hawaii Community Foundation Ho'okele Award, and the 2012 Hawaii Business Magazine's 20 for the Next 20. He serves on various boards and associations, including the City and County Resilience Strategy Steering Committee, Hawaii Institute for Public Affairs, UHC Grant, and Trust for Public Land, among others. Olivia Stotzer is a proud alumnus of the CTL Fellows Program, Class of 2018, and a former Unfold Mentor with CTL. When I think of what home means to me, I, I think of the smell of rain, especially growing up in like the back of Manoa, it's raining every single day. And I can just, yeah, the smell of like my house um, and just like green and lush forests. Mm-hmm. And that, that just makes me really happy. She is pursuing her bachelor's degrees in political science and environmental studies from Swarthmore College as a President Sustainability Research Fellow. Most recently, Olivia was an intern for the Hawaii Institute for Public Affairs and a member of the Hawaii Youth Conservation Corps through Kupu. Olivia shares John's passion to lead Hawaii with a sustainability focus. In this episode, John and Olivia are talking stories at the sandbox in Kaka'ako on Oahu. Now let's listen in as they reflect on what life was like for them outside of Hawaii. I was actually in uh, a summer program similar to what you did this past summer when I was in uh, a senior in, in high school. And I think that really gave me a deeper appreciation for how um, special Hawaii's environment is mm-hmm. and how endangered some of our ecosystems and species are uh, and unique to the rest of the world. And I also think that there's a certain spirit here that is very special that mm-hmm. I've always I felt has been important to protect and preserve. So similar to what I see in a lot of our, our native species, that it's not it's not going to be invasive and try to take over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a kind of a it has a, a kindness to it, a politeness to it, um, and it's easily overlooked if we're not looking for it. But at the same time, too, it has um, so much importance to our world of um, compassion and caring and uh, working together as a community and that resiliency that comes from um, being connected, too. So, yeah. Well, we both went 
have Pennsylvania. gone to Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes, yeah, just a few miles away from one another. Exactly. Too. So, do you want to share what your experience has been like? Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, so I, I Swarthmore, Pennsylvania, um, a little little bubble in the middle uh, of the the Philadelphia suburbs. That's been a lot of fun. But it's definitely a very different culture, a very different community um, that was sometimes a little shocking, but also uh, just really fun to, to experience something new. Um, I do admit that sometimes it's a little intense. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you, there, we tell mm-hmm. jokes about you, Penn, and how intense it is <laughs> down the road. <laughs> so that, you know, switching from that, that like, not less intense, but just, you know, just chilling here and, and doing what you love to to a lot, I guess using that word intensity again, um, just always moving, was definitely, definitely a change of pace. Um, I also noticed that there are very different morals and values mm-hmm. that were very, that, that were sometimes very difficult to like reconcile with my own, mm-hmm. especially when creating connections and, and friendships. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I think I, I definitely felt so much more appreciation for my home. Um, I noticed that I, I, I don't know if it's me, but I just love like sharing about, or I, I love telling stories to begin with, but like sharing about my home. Like I feel like I'm sure at your college too, just so many different conversations about whether it be politics or just um, like issues in our area. It was so interesting to hear about different places and us coming together and, and talking about various solutions and problems. What were some of the morals and values you said were different, like you noticed were different from where you, what you got growing up here to what you noticed with some of the other folks that you've met? Yeah, um, probably humility is a mm, big one. Yeah. Humility, kindness, and, and treating other people as, as your family, mm-hmm. where that was just a big part of the way I was raised, mm-hmm. um, and I guess sometimes it's not as big there, um, mm-hmm. and I, I also noticed that it bothered me a lot more than my other friends who were not from Hawaii, mm-hmm. so yeah. did that? Did you ever feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. People felt a lot more guarded and yeah. um, and a lot less, I mean, the, the barriers definitely go down really quickly here and, mm-hmm. and try to find connections like you're asking which high school did you go to you know <laughs> do you know so and so are you related to this person to try to create connection whereas in the mainland it isn't always it feels more transactional sometimes yeah. and so um, it's very different and and I found in my in life there's pros and cons to both ways and mm-hmm. yeah Pennsylvania what a what a cool <laughs> experience that was to be there um, so different uh, I don't know about you but I think that my freshman 15 came from Philly cheesesteaks and chicken steaks, but uh, that was a good experience. Um, and, uh, you know, I too saw there's a lot of beauty in every location and a lot of, and a lot of challenges or differences that you see too. Um, and uh, I, I think that the college world is, is a really neat experience because you have not only the location that you're at, but you have... Mm-hmm a whole conglomeration of people from around the world Mm -hmm. that are now, you know, in this, you know, area of a couple of square miles. And, uh, and that was really, it's a really cool, uh, experience too. 
Um, so I really love the international side of that. I really love the perspectives. It was, it was funny because I don't know if you got this, but everyone would wonder, like, so do you guys, like, have grass huts and, <laughs> you know, canoes? Oh, and, yeah. you guys, and so I also just, like, kind of play along. I remember one of my friends, she was from Jamaica, and I don't know why she didn't get it being from an island, too, but... Um, she's like, oh, so what do you guys do for electricity and all of that? And I said, well, we have a few stationary bikes that are hooked up to uh, our electrical plant, and we just all take turns biking, you know. <laughs> and then so when you know, that's how you get your exercise and you get your electricity at the same time too. She's like, oh, <laughs> you know. So, um, but yeah, that was uh, that was me being a little kolohe, I guess. But um, I think that the. For me, when I was there, I went to Wharton, so that's the business college at, mm-hmm. uh, at Penn. And you definitely got the extreme of, um, you know, competitive intensity, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And uh, and while there are really many great people there, the culture in and of itself was about winning. And um, yeah. and I and I and you even look at our buildings. We had a. I don't know if you've been on the Penn campus, but they have one building called the Steinberg Dietrich Hall. And the reason why it has a hyphenated name is because there was an original founder, I think his name was Dietrich, and then the other guy wanted more um, prominence. So he built his building around Dietrich's building. So you have a building within a building, and that's why Steinberg Dietrich. So it's kind of showing, you know, just the how much they wanted to get the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the naming rights, I guess. So I think that for me was was the, one of the hard things, and I noticed in that that um, and part of the reason why I came back was there was a, um, a definite desire that it's you know a bottom line driven, profit driven mm-hmm. kind of mentality and, and winning mentality, which isn't always bad, but when it isn't coupled with values, mm-hmm. to me that there's going to be winners, then there's going to be losers, and um, but I think. Our, our economy a lot of ways is set up in that direction where there's a few that really win and there's a few as many that lose out and I think for me thinking about Philadelphia being the city of brotherly love I didn't want to come I didn't want to leave Hawaii as being the Aloha State hmm. and not have that be a sincere thing hmm. because I, feel, I felt in Philadelphia while there are many great qualities there's a lot of challenges and you don't always feel that brotherly love yeah. and and I just didn't want us to be that state. And I, and I feel what Hawaii has to offer that's different is is we have the ability to create. If we're willing to get and do something different than, than following the other rest of the world, we can create economy and community that is rooted in the values that Hawaii is about, which mm-hmm. is that we can still be economically strong, but not based on... Um, some people winning, some people losing, but where we can raise the tides for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so that's been kind of what started my my career pathway. <laughs> so. Okay, well, we have <laughs> some interesting questions that we ahead of us. So what's one elephant in the room that Hawaii needs to discuss and how will Hawaii's future be impacted if there continues to be no change conversation around this issue? You have uh, any thoughts on that one, Olivia? I was thinking about this question. I um, thought about how when I've been driving these last few weeks, for the first time in my life, I'm seeing license plates from all over the country mm-hmm. rather than just uh, Hawaii's the, the rainbow. Yeah. And that's been so surprising, I'd say. Um, 
and also just brings up a lot of questions when when you were talking a little bit about the economy and inequity and how do we support people yeah. locals um yeah yeah so so in moving forward i don't exactly have a, an answer to this <laughs> question but rather more questions mm. um just I guess I, I, I will read my questions, but who, who should call Hawaii their home? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be local? Does that yeah. just mean to be a Hawaii resident? How do we support locals best after we define that term? Um, and do we welcome newcomers, but also do their intentions matter? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are a lot of, especially as, as tourism has been, where I think people are really frustrated mm-hmm. Um, especially amidst a, a global pandemic that has hurt so many, mm-hmm. how how do we move forward? And how yeah, how do we have that sense of aloha, that kindness, um, when we're we're frustrated at the same time? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, just many many questions, <laughs> but many that that should be talked about. Yeah, that's so good. Those are good questions. I don't know that I have all the answers to your questions, <laughs> but you know one of the things that I I've noticed in my career to your question about who should be you know considered locals is you know obviously there's you know we're we're all born somewhere obviously mm-hmm. so that's no profound profound thoughts by John Leong at CTL's <laughs> podcast yes we're all born uh, somewhere and we all have parents I guess that's uh, given too um, but. The, the I guess the side of it too is that just because we're born in a place doesn't necessarily always mimic the characteristics of it and and you hope mm-hmm. that that's the case in a place like Hawaii um, but I guess what I'm getting at is that there's people that I feel are born here but don't always appreciate the values that are mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. or the place that we have and then you have people that are born elsewhere and there's a word you used earlier called uh, which was humility and they come in with a sense of humility and mm. want to contribute. They want to learn. Mm. They want to make it better. And you know, take what they have gained themselves um, through their experiences, but don't intend to superimpose that on what Hawaii should be either. Mm. Um, but rather, if it fits, can can weave it into the tapestry of what Hawaii becomes. And and so I guess my point in in that and. and to your questions is that I think that I think Hawaii is a state that um, whose whose um, citizenship is belongs in the heart of the people, mm-hmm. and that that's the um, that that's what defines us. Now, there's of course the the mm-hmm. legal residencies and all these kinds of things, but in the in the what if I were to say that what the true north for Hawaii is it's it's a it's a place that calls people that. Mm-hmm will understand what it means to be from here, what it means to contribute to here, and to build a community that is reciprocal, that cares, and um, encourages the best in one another, too. Mm-hmm. So, and I would hope that we can attract more people like that when we create these critical masses. Yep. So. That, that definition of, of caring about Hawaii, like wanting the best, um, how like even if you want the best it's so difficult to see like that that's so tied or like your residency here residency here is tied to your financial situation mm-hmm. and i think that's that's another part of the equation mm-hmm. that makes um 
it's so difficult and I, yeah. I wish I had the answers to that yeah. too but that's definitely something I've been thinking about too so as a young person that's you know in college now you're mm-hmm. going to graduate in, in two years and you're thinking about where you're going to live mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts about is Hawaii on the in the in the equation for where you're going mm-hmm. to move to and how does it feel yeah coming back I ask myself that every single day <laughs> <laughs> no I especially this summer um I'm Definitely, I or I feel like especially these past few years, so much appreciation for Hawaii, but especially this summer, um, just being outside and, and realizing just how just how special what we we have um, what we have is. Um, I think definitely, I, I've thought a lot about how I'd really love to raise my kids here mm-hmm. if I do have kids mm-hmm. because this is such a special place, especially when thinking about like morals um i'd want my kids to be raised here um i'm not really sure what's in between though i know i want to go to grad school um i'd love to travel and i feel also that um my my experiences elsewhere i've learned so much from Mm -hmm. so i know i i would like to be back here um i'm not sure if it's going to be right away Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this will always be my home. I don't know if you guys have discussed it as much around your graduation time, but mm-hmm. I remember when I was graduating, a big concern was the brain drain mm-hmm. and people just coming away and staying away. Mm-hmm. And I guess the, the challenge with that, of course, is that you have such good talent here that's, that's, that's latent in the people that are here. And then when, um, and they're nourished and, and support and then and go go away to another place um, and and sometimes it's good I mean it's it's sometimes it's I mean that's part of sharing Hawaii with the world is mm-hmm. is being able to go into other places and, and take what you've learned and spread it um, I also feel though it's it's so great when we can have people that um, love Hawaii mm-hmm. and be able to come back mm-hmm. and contribute to it um, and I think that that's part of when I was looking at coming back I was I had gotten different offers to work in New York or San Francisco at different companies and and you know for me spirituality has always been important so I remember Mm -hmm. praying about this a lot and just thinking where where God wanted me to go and I just felt a little nudge to say just have faith go back home and it seemed at that time like okay you know you have these jobs that are paying well and I can get my career going and started and do all these things. And then eventually, you know, if I want to come back and have kids, I can move back mm-hmm. here. You know, easy solution. Um, but then the other side of me was feeling, like, you know, but at the same time, too, you know, can you trust that if you want to do something that's good for Hawaii, that the doors are going to be open up mm-hmm. for you? And then compounding that, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, which is, you know, there's you know, the majority of entrepreneurs fail before five years. Mm-hmm. And Hawaii makes it even harder because the costs are so high. Mm-hmm. In an industry that was not yet around, really. And, you know, people didn't even understand the green industries at that time. Um, but I just felt like, you know what, this is the passion, this is my calling. I'm going to take that step of faith and take that risk. And so I think for me, I, I, I'd hope, my hope for Hawaii is that there would be more people willing to take 
those risks for what is right and what mm -hmm. is pono, what is mm -hmm. good, um, and let let the finances, let the other things come together. I mean, you can't go into it. I'm not saying go into it blindly or not. <laughs> you know, we had a business plan, we had other things like that. But at the same time, too, it's it's really. Um, I think it's sometimes we we need to have that courage that to to mm -hmm. to, to fight for what's right. You know, this is our modern day battlefield in the world that. We have to have courage, and mm -hmm. and we also have to be better about in this, especially in a social media world. Not, um, not, not, um, I guess, and throwing stones at people when they try. You know that yeah. we have to be good about encouraging others, and you know at least someone's out there. I think Teddy Roosevelt has a quote, some just to that degree. It's like you know, rather be. Um, I'm not. I'm gonna paraphrase it. Uh, defeated, rather than those who didn't try at all, mm -hmm. and and so. I'm, I'm curious to hear from you. What, what do you think, Olivia, are the factors that threaten the local way of life? Like, what are some of the things that are keeping us from um, from continuing on in, in the way things are? Mm -hmm. uh, definitely have a long list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, first, I feel like we've touched on so many of these topics already, um, yeah. but the, the high cost of living. Yeah. Um, where only a select few um, can can thrive when that's not equitable in any way. Mm. Um, I think also, I think you touched on this too, but the idea of profit over people, mm. um, where, you know, what what is the purpose of, of life? Like, are we, are we just trying to make as much money as possible? Or is it the connections we make, the the people we love, things like that, that I'd say are really important to me. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm a college student, so <laughs> I've not been in the real world yet. Um, I think climate change is a big, big part too, where um, unfortunately we are in this place where um, what happens all over the world will affect us the most, mm -hmm. especially in, in mm -hmm. other low-lying uh islands in the Pacific mm -hmm. where it's kind of defeating in a way to think about how even if as um, as these islands if we did all we could to, to defeat climate change it still wouldn't be enough mm -hmm. um, but it, and, and it has to be everyone but I don't think that we can't be leaders in in that regard yeah, um, yeah I, I think that's I'll stop there. <laughs> well, I think that's a really good point. And, you know, the thing is with climate change, I mean, Hawaii's carbon ability to decrease the Earth's carbon footprint is, mm -hmm. is small. I mean, mm -hmm. granted, the, our population and our size. But I do feel like we can inspire the heart and create the methodologies yeah. and show a community that has a higher percentage of, of uh, success rates. I mean, yes. look at our solar PV uh, implementation, you know, we're relieving the nation in that and even California when it was looking at its goals they also looked at how to create uh, climate goals that were modeled after Hawaii's mm -hmm. climate goals too mm -hmm. so we see that there is that that power and ability to influence many especially when we have visitors from all around the yeah. world coming here too and I think I think that so there's the technology and the uh, systems that we can develop to make Hawaii a leader mm -hmm. I think that you know, as I think about this question of what threatens the local way of life is that um, when we don't continue to, to steward the heart of the community, mm -hmm. and I think that's, that's what, because you can have 
you can have great sustainability, but if we're not if we're not wielding that power to to take care of our common man, rather mm-hmm. we're trying to just grow this the, you know the PV world as fast as we can, for example, because we you know there's a business opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that that we have to have that conscious um, capital and conscious mm-hmm. economic growth and how we're how we're doing things. And I, I think it does come to um, having good people. I can I can tell that eventually you're going to be one of the people in this world that um, will will move up and be able to uh, impact others. And I and a good friend once told me, Uncle Neil Hannes um, was a mentor. He shared it once. You know, I just got onto a board, and he and um, he is saying, you know, John, when you you know the the reason why you get to the table is not just to get to the table for yourself but it's so that you can make it better for those. When we were just talking about, I guess, what threatens um, the local way of life, I think it can be a little overwhelming mm-hmm. um, when thinking about all the different problems that need to be tackled and how they're all interconnected. And if you solve something, then something else is coming, is going to come up. Um, so... Yeah, I guess, I, I think it can be scary, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Scary, overwhelming, um, even frustrating, I'd mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, because especially as, as some, as I'd say a voter, too, um, someone who looks up to leadership as, as the answer, mm-hmm. if um, one of those people might not follow through, you can be so frustrated mm-hmm. with, with that person, even though they may have tried as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. Um so, which I'm sure happens all over the mm-hmm. the country, but I think also here because we have such a strong sense of community, it's not someone who's way up there. Like you know them, uh, you're always connected to them, and that that sense of community is so important and so helpful. But mm-hmm. I think when these problems can be so di- divisive too, um, mm-hmm. I think that can be difficult as a leader. But it, it does frustrate me. I feel, as, as we talked about before, that, that people can be very hard on elected officials. Yeah. Um, but especially when people don't vote yeah. and then are hard on elected officials, that, 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 that frustrates me at times. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. And it's so much, I mean, I wonder if people subconsciously feel like, Gosh, we've been so critical of our leaders. I would never want to do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, maybe that's why they don't step up into yeah. into uh, government roles. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, that's a really great uh, analysis of our of our political world and some of the things that stops people from uh, taking on leadership roles. I, I I'll I'll take a different slant on that. And, mm-hmm. and from the business and the entrepreneurial side, um, I think it's probably easier in some ways but it's there's not there's not a support system always i think Mm. for especially if you're aspiring entrepreneur Mm -hmm. to grow and then the other way is through the you know you go through the corporate system and it's like you're gonna it's gonna take a long time to be from being a young leader or young you know starting your career to becoming now into a um, you know c-suite type Mm -hmm. of position at a company um so for I think a young person to look at developing themselves as a leader, um, the, it's gonna it 
it can be a little bit daunting in terms of like, you know, where do I get the capital from to start mm. my business? How do I set up best practices? Mm. Um, you know, where, where am I going to get, you know, my business from? All these questions. And then you go into the other route, which is the corporate route. And it's like, well, you know, I have to work my way up in this, mm-hmm. in this area too. So I think that it, there is um, there is those challenges of leadership. But you know, one of the things that I, I tell my team oftentimes is that leadership is is not a role; it's a it's a way of being. Mm-hmm. And I oftentimes uh, and and our leadership team oftentimes looks at for people that are exhibiting leadership before they're in a role, mm-hmm. and that they have qualities that um, show maturity, accountability. Mm-hmm you know, hard work, all these different things that are willing to speak up for the right things, um, but also know how to bring people together. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those people become, um, you know, rising stars. And so I, I guess my point in sharing that is that sometimes it's not just the, um, it's not just the, uh, the technical capacities that people mm-hmm. have, but it's also the characteristics that I think uh-huh. are really important. Um, or a young leader and if you're thinking you're listening to this and thinking of being a, a, a leader and wanting to be a leader my that's my encouragement is to is to really you know act as one in in, in, mm. in character and humility and and those things will help to define your path going forward and open up the doors necessary throughout my my HYCC experience I've noticed how how disconnected I have been um, to the Ina in the the past few years, um, whether it be with virtual school or just not having the time to to go out and really, um, you know, connect and, and think about such connections, um, I would even argue that my generation is probably one of the most disconnected generations. Mm-hmm. So, how do we inspire my generation and those that come after me to do Malama Ina work or mm-hmm. Or just um, to care more about their yeah. immediate community um, as as we move forward. That's a great question. When you say disconnected, just to clarify, mm-hmm. do you mean disconnected from the land or from each other? I'd say both. Mm. That's that's a good clarification. Okay. Yeah, a loss of intimacy in terms of of personal relationships, um, and yeah what it means to be a human on earth or, or yeah. just just thinking about like food systems where mm-hmm. we don't talk about where we get our food or yeah. um who takes care of of our trails and yeah. and things like that yeah that's a really good question you know Wayne Gretzky always said that he what made him a great hockey player was that he would not skate to where the puck is but skate to where he anticipated the puck was going to be mm-hmm. and I think your question kind of underlines that that you know where what are going to be the needs of society as we move to become more technology technologically advanced society mm-hmm. more automated and you know um, you know connecting people through text messages or f- social media or other areas versus in real life and I, I do think that that is um, going to be a big need and, a, and for programs like what you just did this summer um, or other areas that get us to connect, even in social services too, you know, to give back. Those are really, to me, they're kind of like our kid, the kidneys of our community. You know, they help mm-hmm. to cleanse, 
it and help us to, to move forward in a positive way. As we connect to place, as we connect to each other, there's a power in that. Yeah. So. Yes. Before we end this episode, we'll close with a special outtake called P.S. I Love You, where each of our guests reads a love letter they've written to Hawaii. We appreciate that our guests get candid on our show and want to leave you with a reminder that people can respectfully disagree with each other and see problems facing Hawaii while still desiring to work together because they hold a deep love for this place they call home. Dear Hawaii, as I read this, it was only a few days ago I sat under a grove of koa watching the mist and clouds roll over the Ko'olau Mountains into Manoa. In these moments, I feel truly blessed and just so special to be here, to have been born and raised on this land and in this community. I've learned Hawaii's stories of pain and loss and those of triumph and joy. I've witnessed a time of change and resilience, always accompanied by humility and grace. I find myself frequently referencing these stories and learning from them as I go through life. I left these islands for college and was surprised to gain an even larger appreciation for my home. I found that I was so proud to share about my community, all we have accomplished, and more importantly, what we can all learn from Hawaii. I believe that Hawaii has the power to lead the world with kindness and empathy as we embark on solving the problems of the future. I am so thankful for all that Hawaii has given me and hope that I, one day, will be able to truly give back to this land and its people. Aloha, Olivia. My love letter for Hawaii would, um, is, is really to share that, the gratitude for uh, a beautiful place to grow up in, not only just in natural beauty, but in, in people and um, rich in culture. Uh, that is connected and that at its very best shows us to appreciate the true wealth in life, which it comes from uh, one another, from the, the, the simple things in life um, that we have. And when you talk about equity, that at its core, Hawaii is meant to be a place that resonates equity to our world where mm -hmm. everyone has access to beaches, everyone has access to trails, everyone um, can be a part of an amazing culture and there's an open invitation to 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 really embrace what is um, Hawaii um, from a character standpoint and a value standpoint as well and there's a there's um, our state models which is of the where the life of the land is perpetuated in righteousness mm -hmm. and I think about that a lot and I think that that's a really amazing thing that we have in our state model to remind us that that is our true north, that it's, it, you know, as many of the industries and technologies and um, different opportunities that we can bring to our shores, what we're called to be is to be people that are pono, to do what is right mm -hmm. in this world, to care for one another. And whatever we steward, whether we're a teacher, a doctor, you know, business leader, government official, that if we all have that same heart of wanting to do what is pono, what is right for one another, for our world around us, uh, for our visitors, and um, that, uh, you know, what can stop us? It's like us all paddling in sync, where our paddles are, are hitting at the same time and moving this place forward. Mm -hmm. And we forget that, you know, we th sometimes we get so stuck in thinking about the issues at hand 
and winning the issue or winning that, but we forget what's big, the bigger thing that is at stake for Hawaii and for our world. And that if we succeed at its very best, I think that Hawaii has a chance to inspire the world to create um, a movement around um, a community that has shown what it can look like to be resilient, to be sustainable, to work together, to have an economy that can thrive um, while building others up and taking care of our, our natural world um, with thinking about what the end is in mind. And I think that is additive to so many communities that look to Hawaii in the Pacific region and, and around the world. And that, But if we fail, if we don't succeed, then not only will our islands dwindle and, and we'll lose economy, we'll lose, uh, become an expensive place to live, we'll have sea level rise and other climate issues that we're going to face. But I think that the world loses out too. And I think Hawaii, as small as it is, um, is a vital part of, of the global um, ethos. And I think that we're a reminder of what the heart of our world could look like if we do it right. And so we need to succeed as a state. We need to work together. We need to be able to have courage to vision, to be intrepid and, and go for what is important and what is right in this world. And we have to be willing to support one another as we, as we go, go forward. We can't be crabs in a bucket, but we have to be people that are willing to, to, to lift each other up because only then are we going to see the full height in which we can grow as a community. So thank you. Thank you to our guests, John Leong and Olivia Stotzer, for getting personal and candidly sharing their thoughts on Hawaii in today's episode. For you, our listeners, how do you think Hawaii can move towards a more sustainable-oriented direction? How will you take leadership action in your community? Follow along with us as we release content throughout this month on our social media. If you're still with us, Stay on for a few more minutes to hear a bonus section of John and Olivia's relationship to trees. Canon Conversations on Hawaii podcast is made by the Center for Tomorrow's Leaders. Our show is produced by Sheena Choi, Haley Chibana, and Kelly Sunabe, with music by CTL alumni Giorgio Tran and Pono K. Bailey. Check us out at ctlhawaii.org or follow us on Instagram at ctlhawaii. And be sure to read our student-written, raise-your-hand articles in the Star Advertiser. We'll see you at the next conversation. Aloha! What is your favorite tree, and what is the oddest slash coolest or most interesting thing you have seen in a tree? Tree or treat? Tree. Oh, favorite tree. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, my favorite tree... I don't know. I'm. I'm not. I. I really like um, the um, the koa tree a lot. I know it's very. It's very. Um, it's more common than most. And there's another one, um, koaia as well too. And I just. I. I think that for me, the the beauty of them that they were. Not only good habitat, uh, for certain native uh, forest birds, but then also that they were strong and resilient mm -hmm. uh, woods. And there's some that um, I think that, will, like the koia, I believe, uh, would sink in water because mm -hmm. it's so dense. Um, so it, it was useful for 
or folks and then of course they made koa canoes with it um, those are those are kind of things that I really just enjoy I mean it's a beautiful wood but I think um, going up to a place called Hakalau Wildlife Refuge in Big Island mm-hmm. for me was just an eye opener because they had koa trees and ohia trees like I don't know probably about seven eight feet in diameter Wow. And it was just amazing to be in a forest, and you feel so small mm. in in a forest like that. Um, and so I just really appreciated the, um, I appreciated that a lot. And um, let's see, I think the one of the most unique things that I saw was back hiking in the back of um, uh, near Kauka Boulevard area, but there's a refuge up there that. For, Fish and Wildlife also has up there, mm-hmm. and there is Ohia uh, blossom, the hua blossom that had orange on the bottom and yellow on the top, and I thought that was one oh. of the most beautiful and unique um, Ohia blossoms that I'd ever seen. Yeah, and I've only seen that once, and it was ha- hiking back there, so yeah. Wow, yeah. really cool. Okay, um, I really love the the willy willy trees. Mm-hmm. Those are just so much fun and all the color I know there's seeds just come in so many different colors um I bunch at the Cocoa Head Botanical Garden and that's so exciting to see how they once were um I think also going off of the the ohia trees um I think I just get so excited when I see one because you know that like they're just so amazing and even with so many things like threatening them unfortunately like they're still doing amazing mm-hmm. and and also i think of like groundwater like that these trees mm-hmm. aren't just trees like they are our survival mm-hmm. um so and i think the the most unique thing i've seen in a tree this isn't very natural in any way but when there were the huge floods in manoa like mm-hmm. 15 years ago mm-hmm. um a bunch of cars were um went off this bridge and were just hanging in a few trees. Oh, wow. And that I, I think I was like five years old, but wow. I, I distinctly remember cars and trees. Wow. That, that was interesting. Good thing for those trees. <laughs> yes. 